Today's episode of The Lutheran Cartographer is brought to you by Audible. Get a free trial offer with a free audiobook at audibletrial.com slash Lutheran Cartographer. The Lutheran Cartographer, episode 23. Welcome to The Lutheran Cartographer, the podcast where we explore what it's like to be Lutheran in different places. Today, we are joined by Pastor Quentin Cundiff. He is the pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Amherst, Nebraska. Pastor Cundiff, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So tell our audience a little bit about yourself and how you ended up in Amherst. I am a Missouri Synod Lutheran pastor, have been for about eight years, almost nine years. It'll be nine years uh, this summer. And I'm on my third call. So my first call out of the seminary was to a dual parish on the Oregon coast. And uh, so I got to have a taste of life out on the West Coast and and see what life is like there. Um, My second call where I served for the last five years was in New Mexico. And I served in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Uh, Absolutely wonderful congregation there that I loved very dearly and and still hold them in in very high esteem. Um, Late late last year, I had the opportunity to uh, come to Nebraska. Uh, God called me here, uh, which is a good opportunity for my family. Um, It puts us close to to family of origin for, for me. I'm from Northwest Kansas originally. My wife is from Iowa. Uh, this gives us an opportunity for our kids to uh, to get to see grandparents and stuff more more regularly. So it's it's a good thing, and we're we're grateful that God has brought us here. Excellent, that is wonderful. So help orient our listeners geographically. Where in Nebraska is Amherst, and help orient our listeners who may not be familiar with the Great Plains. Where exactly are we? Okay. Um, so Kansas is right in the middle of the United States. Uh, and I don't say this to be patronizing because there are people, you know, who, who listen from all over, right? And so it's important to, to kind of get these things geographically. So Nebraska is the state that's right north of Kansas. And uh, Amherst is about 10 miles west of Kearney, Nebraska. And Kearney, Nebraska is kind of in the middle of Nebraska, um, on the bottom part. So okay. uh, if you're familiar with the road systems, it's along I-80 um, that goes through through Nebraska. So the, the real northern parts of Nebraska are more spread out. It's the southern part that has, you know, more towns and stuff. So we're, we're right there outside of Kearney. I see. So tell us a little bit more about Amherst. How large a town is it? Is it large enough to have its own Walmart? How large are we talking? Amherst is a bustling metropolis of less than 300 people. Okay. <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really an interesting change of pace for, for our family. Um, my wife grew up in a rural town in Iowa that had uh, about 300 people in the town. I grew up in a rural town in Kansas uh, that had... Mm, about 1,800 people, maybe. Um, so when when I was going out into the ministry, I 
my wife and I both said, nope. You know, we spent uh, four years in St. Louis and really just loved city life. And that's what we want to do. And uh, we went to to Oregon and spent three and a half years there. Uh, Coos Bay. Is, so the, the dual parish that I served was in Reedsport and Coos Bay. Reedsport is a smaller town. Coos Bay is a pretty decent sized community. And, and we enjoyed that. But it was nice to be able to get closer to home. And then Rio Rancho is right outside of Albuquerque, which is a very large area, comparatively speaking, um, to what we had grown up with. But being back now in a, a town like this, it feels very much like home. It's it's a very different pace of life. I see. So tell us a little bit more about how you would compare and contrast Nebraska with, say, Oregon and New Mexico. What are some of the big differences that you've seen or some of the similarities? Um, well, one of the similarities is that there's sinners everywhere. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that's a really important thing to, uh, to remember. Uh, there's, there's always this, um, this drive of kind of this, this local pride of, you know, our people are the best people. Uh, but there are sinners here, and just like there are sinners everywhere, um, it, it's actually quite surreal being so close to where I grew up after having kind of written off the possibility of doing that. And so now being back in an area that I know well, um, seeing it now with different eyes, the eyes of a pastor rather than the eyes of, of a local is uh, is quite interesting. Um, one of the things that I see in a, a mindset of, of Plains Midwestern people is that um, busyness is a virtue. So the busier you are, the more work that you're doing, the the better you are, right? Um, okay. So if if you have time to be idle you are not being a, a productive member of the society. Okay. So manana time definitely does not apply on the Great Plains then? Yeah, no, there's, there's no manana time here. There is uh, either you're, you're early or you're late. <laughs> it, okay. It's very interesting how the, the work ethic in particular is, is so different from even where we lived in, in Oregon to New Mexico to here. It is very different. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about some of the, the best things about Amherst. Uh, what would you say either culturally or geographically are some of the really good things about being there? I think one of the really great things about the community of Amherst is that it, it's a multi-generational congregation and it's a, a very community-oriented place. Mm -hmm. Our school that's here um, does everything they can to work with the church. Um, because this is a small town, I'm, I'm actually the only clergy in the town. Uh, oh, <laughs> there, there are a couple of other congregations, but their clergy don't live here. Their clergy, those congregations are served by, I think, other people, from what I understand. 
um, as far as I know, I'm the only clergy person in the town. And uh, our congregation has really a good relationship with the school, has a really good relationship with um, the, the other organizations in town. And in this kind of setting, you have to. If, if you do something to, to put someone, to put off this organization or that organization, um, it can have really significant detriments. And so that, uh, that multi-generational aspect of life here is just absolutely phenomenal. So many of the kids here, they go to church with their grandparents every Sunday, not because grandma and grandpa come and pick them up, but because mom and dad are coming. And this is the congregation where their entire family has gone for almost a century. Wow. Okay. That, that is really significant. Yeah. It's really, really a great thing to see. Mm-hmm. So with that, what are some of the challenges of, of being in Amherst, either in general or some of the challenges that come with living in a small town? I think one of the challenges, uh, two of the challenges that I, that I think can happen are, number one, it's connected to that idea of, of being busy, right? It's easy for other activities to be the thing that drives your busyness so that church becomes something that is, um, you know, we, we, we hit this during, during this time of year, but other times of year, we're, we're busy doing these other things. And so, you know, we can't, can't make it to church with note, note the finger quotes for those who are listening. Right. (laughs) Um, And so I think there's, there's that side of it, but the other side of it, that's a challenge um, is here in this part of the country, uh, there was a pastor that I had when I was in uh, college who just was a fantastic pastor, and, and he re- referred to Nebraska as the dead heart of Lutheranism. And uh, what he meant by that is that because there's so many Lutherans here, um, people can begin to kind of take it for granted. Hmm. And that is something that is, is I think, true. Um Having served for eight years out in the western part of the United States, my experience is different. Out in the western part of the United States, like where, where you are and, and your pastor in particular, I know, and, and other congregations that are solid confessional Lutheran places, they are that because there, there's almost a sense of that's, that's our identity, right? We are this because we're not these other things, right? Because the the non-Christian uh, culture that, that surrounds you really requires that uh, commitment to say, no, I'm going to be this, right? Um, whereas in this part of the country where Christianity is still very much kind of the assumed baseline of the culture, right? When, when you meet a new person here, the assumption is that they are a Christian. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas on the coast and out in the Western United States in particular, where I can speak to that experience, when you meet a new person, the assumption is that they're not a Christian. Yeah, usually a pretty safe assumption. Right. <laughs> and and so here, um, because you have such a, uh, a predominance of kind of the, this sort of baseline background Christianity, um, it it invites people to take the theology lightly. Hmm. Um, okay. Where it, yeah, yeah, we're Christians, right? It's it's all basically the same. It, it's good. Don't don't worry about it, right? Don't don't ask too many questions. Uh, we don't need to be too too worked up about this stuff. Whereas in other parts of the country, it's it's very much a fight to maintain that identity. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Where it it sounds like, at least from the first part, that. There really has to be that church can be one of the challenges is church can kind of become just one more activity because it's assumed. Is that kind of a, a way of thinking, uh, summarizing what you said or is that getting at it? Yeah, I think that's very fair. OK. All right. So let's talk a little bit more about what it's like to raise a family there. You already mentioned that your extended family is nearby, which is great. What's it like for you and for your parishioners to raise a family in Amherst? This is a, a great place to raise a family. Um, our experience before coming here, we have two children. Uh, we have an eight-year-old biological son, and then we have a 16-year-old son who we adopted actually out of the foster care system. And uh, so their experience has been obviously different, right, um, from their their peers and stuff who have grown up here but we've been here long enough that i think they're kind of starting to get over some of those those differences and then of course the the world stopped um last month which makes all of this that much harder but um the the community community nature of amherst makes raising our kids less daunting. Um, in a city, in an urban setting, uh, I personally never really felt comfortable just letting my kids go out and and do stuff, right? Um, you need to know where they are at, at all times. You need to, you know, make sure that you know, you know, that you're not far away because you can't really be sure. Um, Whereas here, uh, I can say, go out and play, like I did when I was a kid. And they can go out, and, you know, we don't, we don't have to be too worried about it. And um, in a community this size, everybody already knows who I am. I don't know everybody, right? But everybody, oh, that's the new pastor, right? And so I know that if somebody sees my kids, they can say, oh, hey, pastor, I saw your kids <laughs> here, here, and here. Right. And um, so there is kind of that sense of being able to breathe and being able to say that we're we're in this together, uh, which I know is a phrase that that we've been hearing a lot recently. But uh, here it very much feels like it's true. Yeah. 
And uh, just as an aside for our listeners, uh, we're recording this on the 16th of April. So that's what, what we're referring to when we talked about all these things. Hopefully by the time you hear this, dear listener, things will have gotten a little more normal, but, but we'll see what happens. All right. That, yeah, that, that definitely sounds like that community aspect really makes it easier, as you said, to kind of breathe and not to be as tight as you're raising your kids? Is that kind of what you were getting at there? Yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely the case. And and a lot of the families here, I mean, uh, they're, they live on farms. And so you have kids working on the farm, helping dad when they're, you know, six, seven, eight years old. You have kids who are able to go out and just be outside for, you know, hours on end and, you know, doing kid things that aren't really as possible in in other places. That makes sense. Let's take a moment to thank our sponsor. If you're listening to this podcast on the go, you already know the power of having audio in your ears. And Audible wants to put the books that you want to listen to there as well with their free 30-day trial offer that comes with a free audiobook. If you're not sure what book you should check out, this month I'm recommending that you check out Luther's Bondage to the Will. It's one of his great treatises and the one that he looked back on and said was one of the most important. So you can check that out at audibletrial.com slash Lutheran Cartographer. Let's get back to our guest. Okay, so now we've touched on some of this already, but I just want to circle back and make sure that we get all of your thoughts here. If there's anything else you'd like to say about what it's like to be Lutheran there, you've already mentioned how in some ways it's almost assumed. What else would you say to, to those that are curious, what's it like being Lutheran in Amherst? I, I think I'm still adjusting to being around so many Christians. <laughs> For the first few months in particular, it was really quite quite a, a change of pace. One of the things that I've reflected on a lot recently, and I think I can speak for clergy when I say this. I'm not sure that I want to, to speak for the laity, but one of the problems that exists with within the church today and I, I don't mean just, you know, the Missouri Senate or, or any particular denomination. I just mean, in general, um, we're, we're never really certain that we can trust somebody. And so when you, when you meet uh, a new person, uh, there's very much this kind of, I don't know, are you going to be okay? Can I trust you to be okay? Um, and so when you run into Christians less often and you kind of always have your guard up of, okay, I'm, I'm kind of behind enemy lines, uh, you, you kind of get into that mentality. And so to be, to be dropped here where there is kind of, like I said, that background uh, Christianity, um, it's... It, it's a little surreal, to, to be honest. Um, being a Lutheran in Amherst is... I don't want to say that it's easy. Because it's never easy to be a Christian. 
I think the challenges here are different. Um, mm. The fight isn't a fight for the faith, like you have in some places. We're not we're not contending for the faith against the the pagan hordes. Um, it's and and understand. I do kind of mean that in a in a bit of a tongue in cheek way. Certainly, yeah, I I understand what you're getting at. That that's not the experience here of having to contend for it in that way. But there is still very much a, a sense of needing to create or, or pr- better better said maybe perhaps that that God would create this sense of zeal within his people. And when the church is countercultural, it's a very different setting than when the church is the culture. Okay, that makes sense. All right, so now let's transition and talk a little bit about some of the hidden gems or the not-so-hidden gems, the things that you'd recommend that people see or do if they come through Amherst or are in your area, either restaurants or museums, maybe three or four things you'd like to highlight. Um, Well, the first thing that I would unequivocally highlight if somebody's coming through Amherst uh, is go to Stockman's Bar and Grill. Um, It's our local restaurant and uh bar area and it's it's absolutely fantastic their hamburgers are the best i've had in the country um wow that's <laughs> high praise it they are fantastic and uh your, your listeners can't see me but but you can you can tell i've had more than my fair share of hamburgers and so uh <laughs> i can say that they are very very good a qualified speaker or assessor yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes i am so and in Amherst, really, that's that's kind of what we have. We have the church, we have the school, and we have the bar, and we have the uh, um, post office, right? There's a couple of other <laughs> things, but um, we've we've got kind of those those institutions. Um, but but this area though is absolutely beautiful. Um, I would recommend uh, if somebody was interested in, in driving through this area. Um, Highway uh, 40 and Highway 30 both parallel uh, I-80. So if they were going across Nebraska, this would give a person opportunity to kind of see life in some of these small towns because they're all kind of strung along these highways that would eventually lead you to to Lincoln and stuff. Um, So it's really just a great place to come and and to drive and get a sense for uh, different slice of American life if a person isn't from this area. Okay, excellent. All right, so now let's transition and talk a little bit more about rural America, maybe in general, zoom out a little bit, and then we can talk a little bit more about Amherst. So at this time, with the coronavirus going through, a lot of people are thinking a lot about, maybe I should be in a more rural area. What would your sort of general advice to be or thoughts that you would have for listeners that are considering a move to rural America? I would say they should probably consider it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You know, it's funny because, like I said earlier, when I... When I went to the seminary and got a chance to live in a city, I thought, yep, 
this is for me. I'm never going to go back to rural life. I'm never going to go back and, and be be with those people anymore. I'm done with that. I'm going to I'm going to be a city dweller. And um, as time has gone on and, and we've spent time and in cities and stuff. And as our kids have gotten older, we thought, no, I think that it's time. And uh, God gave us this opportunity to do this uh, for ourselves and, and for our kids, for our parents and stuff. So it, it's really been great for us. Um, in my hometown where I grew up, as I was kind of finishing high school and, and uh, you know, getting ready to leave, there was actually quite a few people who moved from Denver out to our rural community. And so hmm. um, I, some some locals might not be too happy with me for saying that I would recommend it um, because I know that there can be a, a, a setting where people come in and, and they do what they can to change where they move into to be like where they came from. It's a bizarre thing, isn't it? <laughs> Like, I want to escape this place now. Let me make this new place like my old place that I escaped from. <laughs> yes. And so my recommendation for somebody who who is considering a move to rural America is go, but learn. Hmm. Um, take the time, get to know the people, find what they what they value, find what matters to them, find why those things matter to them. And I mean, I, like I said, I grew up in a rural community. I grew up uh, around farmers, although my family weren't farmers. And so I've really spent uh, a fair amount of time and, and made it a point to talk with my farmers and get to learn more about what they do and, and get a sense of what life is for them. Because there's value in that. And one of the worst things that a person can do is be dismissive of rural America. And, and I know that very much happens. And uh, to my shame, I have uh, had a, a similar mindset myself, even though I was from rural America. I see. That makes sense. Okay, so now let's transition as we start closing out the podcast. I want to make sure that I give you the opportunity to highlight anything that you'd like to send our listeners to, whether it's your church's website, places to follow your work online. What would you like to highlight to our listeners? Uh, so our congregation, uh, especially right now in the midst of all of this coronavirus stuff, uh, we have a Facebook page. It's Trinity Lutheran Church Amherst. Nebraska. Um, you can Google it because we don't have a website. So if you Google Trinity Lutheran Church Amherst, Nebraska, our Facebook page will pop up. Um, we've been live streaming our services actually since December, I think. So we were actually already kind of doing these things when when all of this stuff happened. Um, but I also do a daily video uh, devotional too that I would um, invite anybody to listen to if they're interested and. We, we read through the Treasury of Daily Prayer, and I kind of give some, some thoughts and reactions to some of the stuff that, that we read. And um, that's, that's kind of what, uh, what we do. I, I haven't ever really done a lot to try to cultivate much of a, an online presence myself. I know that there are some pastors who, 
who have their own personal blogs or something like that. I don't. I, I never really have. Okay. Well, we will definitely send our listeners to the Facebook page. All that, the daily devotions, the, the streaming services, all of that's on your church's Facebook page? It is, yep. All right, excellent. So listeners, if you go to the show notes for this episode, which will be lutherancartographer.com slash 23, you'll see links to all that good stuff that Pastor Cundiff just mentioned. Pastor Cundiff, what are your parting thoughts for our listeners? Uh I think my parting thought would be this, and, and it, it's a piece of advice that I received from that same pastor who talked about Nebraska as being the dead heart of Lutheranism. And uh, the best piece of advice that he ever gave me was never be surprised at the sins of other people. And as I've had a chance to uh, get to explore parts of this country and, and gotten to know uh, Christians and, and Lutherans in particular from these other parts of the country, I think it's important for us to remember that, that the sins that, that you may struggle with might be different from the sins that your neighbor struggles with. And rather than looking at them and saying, how, how foolish are you, understand that they can do the same when they look at you. And, and it's for that reason that instead of looking at our neighbors, we need to look at the cross and we need to have our eyes focused on Jesus who forgives our sins and, and, that's true no matter where you live. Amen. Thank you very much for your time today, Pastor Cundiff. God's peace. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. For links to what we talked about today, see the show notes page at lutherancartographer.com slash 23. Check out that Audible offer for the free audiobook that you get to keep at audibletrial.com slash lutherancartographer. Make sure you don't miss an episode of the show by subscribing on Stitcher or on iTunes. And while you're there, I'd appreciate if you'd leave a rating or a review. That way the show can be heard by more people. Till next time, thanks for listening. I'm Nicholas Weber. I'll talk to you soon.